0: doing the Bible reading a little bit differently today. It's going to be incorporated into the message itself. So it's not that we haven't got a Bible reading, but I'm going to be bringing it to you in a little bit this morning. So, band, thank you this morning. Feel free to go and take a seat. And as we start this new term together... As the kids go back to school, as the summer begins to draw to a close and the kind of craziness and chaos of summer begins to level out and normality in our lives, I guess, begins to resume a little bit. Really this morning, as we start this time together, my heart is for us to focus once again on King Jesus, for the reason that we gather here week by week. Because I don't know about you, but over time it can feel, can't it, that our gatherings can become a little bit of a ritual. We turn up to a building each week. We sing songs that, let's be honest, half the time we can't actually even agree on. We listen to someone speak often for what it seems like far too long and then we can go home after our gatherings here on a Sunday and it doesn't feel like what's happened here in this building really impacts the rest of our week. So as we gather together over the next few weeks, my hope is that we'll spend some time once again in this new term focusing once more on who Jesus is and as a result allow God to expand our hearts that we might worship him more intimately. So over these next few weeks, we're going to focus together on the subject of worship itself. And in doing so, and I know this is a little bit early, but I have seen mince pies for sale in some of our local supermarkets. I just want to start off by looking at the account of the wise men who went to seek Jesus. If you know the account, which I'm sure you do, you find out that in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 2, we read these words. Where is the one who is born the king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we've come to worship him. That's amazing, isn't it? When you think about those words that they spoke here and then, we have seen the star and we have come to worship him. The wise men sought the newborn king. They didn't come with an agenda. They didn't come seeking anything for themselves. They simply came to worship him. So often when we come to worship, particularly in a corporate gathering, we come seeking stuff, don't we? Whether that's through the songs that the bands play, the amount of times I've heard people say to me, I stopped going to that church because I didn't like the band, or I didn't like the music, or I didn't like the songs that were being sung, or the preaching wasn't up to scratch. I don't know what it might be, but often when we think about worship, what happens is we reduce our worship to some sort of formula. If the are brilliant. If the preaching is on point, if the people say the right things to me after the service, if the service itself is structured in the right way, then I'll be able to worship. And when we reduce our worship to this kind of me-centric notion, we actually end up worshiping ourselves rather than a God who is worthy of our worship. Because here is the important truth, church, God does not exist for us, but we exist for him. We were created to worship him. Jesus put it like this, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And my heart is over the next few weeks, as we focus together on Jesus, as we look Again, at what worship truly is, each and every one of us will become more intimate worshippers of the one who is worthy of our worship. You see, the thing is, church, worship is more than a song. The word worship itself is a compound word made up of two words, which essentially means that the one that we worship, the object of our worship, is the one that we ascribe the place of honour to in our lives. We were not simply called to worship God here in this building. We're called to worship God seven days a week with our whole lives, with our all, with our everything. But what we do here on a Sunday should act as a catalyst to how we live our lives for the rest of the week and how we ascribe that place of honour to God every single day in our lives. So over the course of the next four weeks, we're going to look together at four different postures of worship. As we go through scripture together today, we're going to be focusing together on lifting our hands. Next week, we're going to be focusing together on bringing our gifts. The following week, we're going to be talking about pouring out our hearts, and then we're going to be talking about bowing our knee. And before we really get into this, this morning, church, can we just take a, a moment just to pause and just to pray that we'll hear the heart of of a Father God this morning, drawing his children in to meet with him. So let's pray this morning. Father God, we are here for you. Lord, we're not here to get our fix this morning. Forgive us for the times where we come with that attitude. My prayer this morning, Holy Spirit, is you'll open our ears and open our hearts. That we might meet with you, maybe for the first time here in this place. Maybe after our hearts might have grown cold and we've wandered away. Whatever situation, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in today, may this be a holy moment where we draw near to you and you in turn draw near to us. Have your way. King Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I said this morning, We're going to be focusing on what the Bible tells us about the posture of lifting our hands in worship. For some people, that might be a little bit of an odd concept. Some people, you might be here or watching online and you might not actually be a Christian. And the very notion of even singing songs is a little bit weird. But you come into a building like this and you see some people, at least, with their hands in the air worshiping God. And you're thinking, what on earth is going on? For others, you are a Christian, but you're like, I'm here this morning. And I'll just about utter the words with my mouth. There's no way that I'm doing anything else. But what we see throughout scripture is the posture of lifting our hands in worship is a really important thing. And I want to take a moment this morning for us to gain an understanding, a deeper understanding of why we do what we do when we sing songs and when we worship God with our Bodies, because the thing is, when it comes to lifting our hands in worship, what we see from Scripture, this is not just for those wacky charismatics among us. This is for every single person. You see, what we do with our bodies and what we do with our hands, we see from Scripture, is actually a reflection of our hearts. So let's turn to Scripture this morning. If you've got a Bible with you, hopefully it'll come up on the screen as well. We're going to look at Psalm 63 verses one to four together this morning. And this is what it says. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. From the words that we read together this morning in scripture, what we find is David's here in the wilderness. We find David at a very low point in his life. And what does he do when he's in the wilderness, when he's in the desert, when everything feels low, what does he do? He cries out to God. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning who can identify with David's feelings. Life feels a little bit dry for you at the moment. Everything feels a little bit desolate at the moment. David's response is not to hide away, not to forget about his faith, not to cry off, but he cries out to God. How does he do that? By reminding himself that he has seen God move in the past, that he has witnessed God's power and his glory in his life, and as a result, he remembers that God's love is better than life. And what does he do? In that moment, his remembering the goodness of God moves him to action. Life is tough right now. Life is hard. I'm thirsting for you, God, but I'm in a dry and parched place where there is no water, but I will remember you, Lord, because I've seen you move in the past. And as a result, this morning, I'm going to lift up my hands. Today, church, if you are here or you're watching online and you feel like you're in a dry and parched place, spiritually, don't withdraw. Don't give up. But remember, remember where God has met you in the past. Remember what he has done for you. Remember his goodness and his love and choose to praise him today. What does that action look like for David? I will praise you as long as I live and I will lift up my hands in your Name. You see, the action for David of lifting up his hands before God expresses something of the gratitude of his heart. You know, you cannot fully experience the grace of God without gratitude in some way, shape, or form. Because it's when we understand who God is, it's when we understand what He has done for us and what that actually means for our life, it's then that we truly become worshippers in the way that God intended us to be. It's only when we see him for who he is that we can glorify him with our whole being. We can flip to the New Testament and we can see the same thing this morning. In the book of Timothy, we see Paul giving these instructions to the young pastor, Timothy, about Christian worship. And what is it that he says? Well, 1 Timothy 2 and verse 8 says this, Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray Lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. An interesting side note about this particular passage this morning. There are other parts of scripture where when we see the word men or we see the word mankind, it's actually talking about everyone, male and female. But here in 1 Timothy, when Paul says men, he is actually talking to the men. He's actually addressing men specifically here. It's interesting though, isn't it? When it comes to men, let's be honest, we are probably the last people who want to express ourselves. We're probably the last ones who want to lift our hands in worship. We're probably the last ones who want to be vulnerable in that kind of way. But I think what Paul is telling us here in this particular passage, that when it comes to worship, men We are called to set the standards. Paul is saying, men, it is our responsibility to lead our families closer to the Lord. Men, let your children see you, witness you, worshipping God for themselves. Because it's in children seeing and witnessing you worshipping God for themselves and seeking you go after the heart of God, that they go after the heart of God. And Let me tell you, church, I'm preaching to myself as much as I am anyone else here this morning. Men, we have a responsibility to lift up holy hands before a holy God that those close to us might be drawn in to. But why is this instruction in scripture? Why is this act of lifting our hands towards God so important when it comes to worship? Because our actions express something of our hearts. And I believe that it moves the father heart of God when we lift our hands towards him. No loving father on earth would ever reject the outstretched arms of their children. When my children lift their arms towards me, my instant response is to reciprocate. And when our hands are moved towards God, I believe the heart of God is moved towards us. James 4 verse 8 puts it like this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's in the act of lifting our hands towards God that we say, God, I am here. I am longing for you. I'm desperate for you. I want to meet with you. So why is this an instruction in scripture? First, I believe that we do it because God loves it. It moves the father heart of God. Secondly, because it's an offering of praise. In the same way that when we give financially, is an act of worship. This too is an offering of praise. Lifting our hands to God is an offering to God. We read these words. In Psalm 141, verses 1 and 2, it's David again, and he says this. I call to you, Lord, come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Here, David finds himself at another low point in his life. And he says to God, God, I'm calling on you. Please come quickly. Accept my upraised hands as an offering to you. In many respects, what David is talking about here is an act of defiance. Lord, life is tough right now. Life is difficult at the moment. I may not feel like worshipping you right now, but despite my feelings, despite what's going on, despite what I see around me, Lord, you are still worthy. You are still on the throne you still know what you're doing and despite how i am feeling i'm going to give you my offering of praise and for some here today the idea of lifting our hands towards god might feel awkward and uncomfortable but i want to encourage you today as we worship together and we worship in song again shortly to use this moment to put your feelings into place if worship is not about us but it's about him if worship is about ascribing the place of honor to God in our lives, despite how we are feeling because he is worthy. This is an opportunity and an action where we say, God, here I am, and you have that place in my life. We lift our hands towards God because God loves it. We lift our hands towards God knowing that in turn, when we draw close to him, he draws close to us. We lift our hands towards God as an offering of praise, And in doing so, it puts our feelings into check, declaring that despite what's going on, he is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords and on the throne. Another reason we lift our hands towards God is to declare battle. And to declare we need God's help. Some of you here today, might feel like life is a real battle right now. You're like, I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know how I'm going to get through this situation that I face and these circumstances that are in front of me. But what I do know, God, if you don't show up, it's all going to fall flat. So in the lifting of our hands, we declare battle. And we declare that we need the all-powerful God to fight with us and for us. We see this played out in the Old Testament, actually, in Exodus chapter 17. A group of people called the Amalekites attack Israel. Moses tells Joshua to go and choose some men because it's time to go into battle. They have declared war on us, so we're going to push back. And tomorrow, Moses says to Joshua, I'm going to stand on top of this mountain, and I'm going to lift my hands towards God." and I'm going to pray. And here's what we read in Exodus 17, 10 to 11. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. As long as Moses had his hands lifted towards God, the Israelites were winning. But as soon as they were lowered... They started to lose. For some here today, you might feel like life is a real battle right now. And maybe today it even feels like you're losing at the moment. And in this moment, if that's you, I believe it's time to declare battle. To say, God, I'm here and I trust you no matter what. On my own, I don't have the ability to get through this situation and the circumstance. But I'm lifting up my hands and I'm seeking you despite how I feel I trust in you for my future. And coming back to that story in Moses, it's interesting what happens in verse 12 when we read these words. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset and Moses' hands grew tired, what happened? Those closest to him lifted his hands up for him. And guys, this is why coming to church matters. Because there is a time in our faith walk that we all will find at times where we simply don't feel like lifting up our hands where we simply don't feel like worshipping God. There are times in our faith walk where actually we don't feel like we have the strength to praise God. And we need those around us to lift up our hands for us and point us back to Jesus. We're blessed, aren't we? We have the ability to live stream our service and I'm hoping there's some people who have joined in with us this morning and are watching and to you, you are welcome. We are blessed that we have the opportunity to be able to do that for those really who genuinely can't get here on a Sunday morning to worship one with another. But I want to say there is nothing that can replace the corporate gathering of God's people. Worshipping God together. The Bible says, as we come together, we sharpen each other like iron sharpens iron. So, my encouragement and my exhortation to you this morning is to make this hour and a half on a Sunday a priority in your life. Don't say, oh, the sun's good today. Let's go to the beach. Let's say, come church. Let's gather together and worship Him. God is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our praise. And actually we need one another. You know, your presence here on a Sunday, you don't know how that blesses those around you. Your presence here on a Sunday, you don't know how that lifts up the arms of those stood next to you. We need one another. We need each other. There are times in our faithful where we just don't feel like worshiping and we need those around us to lift our hands towards him. Why does scripture exhort us to lift our hands in worship, because it moves the Father heart of God, because it allows us to draw close to him. It's an offering of praise, it's a battle declaration, and you know, finally, throughout history, generally, lifting your hands is a declaration of two things, victory and surrender. You look at any victorious sports team, I saw it yesterday when Portsmouth beat Peterborough 3-1 at Fratton Park. You look at any Victoria sports team and what is the pose that is similar with each and every one of them? Victory. You look at anyone who's ever had a gun held to their head, and what is the similar pose? Surrender. Now God doesn't hold a gun to our heads ever. But in lifting our hands... We declare his victory over sin and death. We declare that he is the one who has paid the price for all the wrong things we've ever thought, said and done, which the Bible calls sin. And we say, God, here I am. I'm yours. You know, church, worship is more than a song. When we allow our worship to simply merely be a ritual, we reduce it to holy karaoke. If I don't like the songs, I'm not going to join in with it. If I don't like the way the band are going about it, can forget it if the band keeps singing that line over and over and over and over again oh my goodness i'm gonna walk out in a minute it's not about that but worship is about ascribing the place of honor to the one who is worthy in our lives and it's important for us as christians really to use every mode and every vehicle that is available to us the bible says draw close to him and he will draw close to us So this morning, I want to encourage you, if you're normally an arms crossed worshipper, I'll just about utter the words. Maybe think about expressing yourself in a slightly different way this morning. I'm going to invite the bands to come back up. And I'm going to finish with what I started with this morning at the beginning of the service, that story of David. When the Ark of the Covenant came back, David was so overjoyed so overjoyed that he danced before the Lord with all of his might. People looked at him and they said, David, you are ashaming yourself by the way you are acting today. And David's response was, Do you know what? I can get even more undignified than this. This morning, my encouragement to you as we worship with song is to not look to your right or to your left, Don't look to those around you, but look to the audience of one, King Jesus, the one who is worthy of all praise and all glory and all honor today. Why don't we stand, church? Father God, this morning, we declare with our lips that Jesus is Lord. My prayer in this moment is that we will know intimacy with the Almighty. Forgive us for those times where we do reduce our worship to a holy karaoke. Forgive us for the times where we reduce our worship to merely singing a song. But may what happens in this building propel us to live lives of worship that honour you in every way, in every shape of our lives, in every form whether we're at work or at home, at school or in college, whatever it looks like. Have your way, King Jesus, we pray. And as the band start to play, I want to encourage you, if you're comfortable to do this, in fact, even if you're not comfortable to do this, I want to encourage you as we worship God today to lift your hands in worship. And in doing so, make that offering of praise. So a God who says, draw close to me and I'll draw close to you.